0: Welcome back. This is the Eccles Unlimited podcast. I'm your host Terrence Eccles and today I have the privilege of talking to one of my good friends. His name is Dave Connolly. He is the editor-in-chief of the publication, the sports publication at my school, Marist College. It's called uh, Centerfield. Uh, Dave, how are you doing today?
1: Great, great. Happy to be here. Nice Sunday morning. Talk uh, talk a little little football, talk a little centerfield.
0: Absolutely, man. And uh, first and foremost, why don't you tell uh, the people a little bit about yourself?
1: Um, yeah, so uh, me and Terrence met uh, freshman year. Uh, we're both uh, we're both at Marist College in our our senior years. Um, I grew up in upstate New York around uh, Albany. Spent some time living in um, living in Massachusetts, um, but uh, I've always loved sports. Always had a major passion for it. Kind of knew this was the path I wanted to take since like really, I started realizing it was something you could do since it's very, um, still very kind of a fresh idea to be able to, you know, do something completely revolving around sports for a living. Um, yeah, I came to Marist cause they offered a, a, a pretty nice sports, sports communications program and, um, just kind of ran with it, started writing a lot, started writing for center field and for things outside of center field and, um, home to the crafts obviously still doing so and um, yeah kind of worked my way up and now top top of the uh, top of the mountain at uh, at center field which is really cool uh, and uh, trying to do as good as we can with uh, with covid you know
0: right no that's big time man and you know I'm happy for you I'm glad that you've made it all the way to uh, the top of the food chain at center field and uh, why don't you tell uh, people a little bit about like your athletic background I know you play ultimate frisbee at Marist Um, what what else did what other sports did you play growing up
1: yeah so in um, in high school I played golf uh, for the school Um, I played basketball on a like not quite aau it was like a it was like a travel league but not it was uh, yeah i was i wasn't good enough for aau or anything like that you know I, I was like a i think the best way to describe me i was like a very average athlete at every single sport okay, other than okay. Golf, I would say. um but i always had a good understanding of the sports like watching them like um football i watched that since a young age same with basketball soccer i just got into the last few years and i'm starting to really get a good feel for it and um yeah I, and I played I was, I played basketball baseball and soccer up until pretty much high school and then I kind of moved um I moved I did most of that in Massachusetts and then I moved and I just kind of was like no point in finding a league at this point but um yeah then I got to Marist and um one of my friends in like the first the first week of freshman year was like hey you should try out for the frisbee team and um and I was like, like, well, how do you even play frisbee with ultimate <laughs> frisbee? I was very, I was very lost. Yeah. So I was like, okay, why not? I'll go. I'll give it a shot. Maybe. And I, you know, made a bunch of friends. I was able to make the team, and um, now I'm captain there as well. And uh, I've made a ton of memories there. So um, yeah, it's something definitely near and dear to my heart. But um, yeah, um, that that's about it. Nothing, nothing crazy to stand out on. But um, yeah, no, it's it, it, I think having that background of um, playing. Um, definitely helps you I'm sure it helped you as manager and obviously it helps you now because you're continuing to play but having that background of playing definitely helps you understand the game at a further level really no matter what level you're playing it at, as long as there's some level of, you know tactics involved
0: right yeah no understanding that from a player's perspective is definitely you know what gives a lot of people in the sports realm not even just coaches but broadcasters, different entertainers, and people around sports, it definitely gives you a different perspective and a different um, level of respect, I guess, uh, for athletes. And uh, so what was it like transitioning, you know, from high school to college and then finding uh, Sportscom as your your major and and also getting involved in, you know, different things that involve sports communications uh what how did you find that as your how did like how did you make the decision to make that your profession or want to study that in college
1: um I think it kind of started in like middle school high school and I just kind of you know I'd watch guys on TV I'd watch you know like Adam Schefter I would watch, you know, Scott Van Pelt, um, Joe, even Joe, I love Joe Buck people that we can go, I go on around rant for that for days, but people hate on Joe Buck. I love Joe Buck. I'd love to have his job. Yeah. But, um, but I just kind of saw people doing that and I was like, wow, like you, this is something you can pursue um, um, I just need to find the place that will help me do that. You know what I mean? I need the place that will help me get to the next level. And when, you know, when you're in, when you're in high school, it just seems so far away, you know, because, you know, you see these guys on TV, they're big personalities, blah, blah, blah. So, um, I was like, I need to find that place that will help me. And then, you know, I looked at other schools, um, out at Sacred Heart, I looked at UConn, um, I looked at Albany in the area. Um, and, um, I basically, I, I came to Marist, I loved the campus, I loved a lot of it. And then I was like, all right, like maybe they, and then I finally sat down, I believe it was during, it was during a, a, a um, visit, then they had kind of like the, the sports comm um, head of the department, just sit down and talk for like 15, 20 minutes about like what kids have done, where they've interned, where they've gone on to work, um, what the program is like. And I was I was immediately, I was sold. I was like, all right, yep, this is this is definitely, this is the place that can help me achieve what I want to achieve. And um yeah. And then I got here and um it's scary. It just like any other, any other, um, any other major here. Um, But it's, it's one of the hardest in terms of one, like it's very easy to just jump the line from, you know, sheltered in a classroom to, you know, Oh my God, I'm covering a division one sport, you know, cause the, yeah. that's the great thing and why I came to co- or chose to come here is because, you know, Marist isn't known for like many other sports, but it, it's all division one and that's really all that matters. And it's, I, I like the fact that it's smaller because it becomes a lot easier to write for, you know, yeah. it's not easy to write or be like one of the main beat writers at the school for the men's basketball team. If you go to Duke. Or yeah. You Cause you got
0: like seven guys. Yeah. In oh, mind that. That. yeah. Yeah. My
1: friend's at Rhode Island and he struggles trying to get you know games and stuff. And he's, he's been a junior senior since he started doing all that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I started doing, um, I got into center field, as you were mentioning, my my sophomore year, and I started doing a few games, and they really liked my writing for the, um, for any sport, I was really, I, that's the biggest thing, is I was taking whatever I could get, you know, I was like, throw me at the, you know, the, the women's lacrosse game, I, I never watch <laughs> lacrosse, I have no clue what's going on, and I'm like, I'll learn, I don't care, give it to right. me, yeah. so um, yeah, I just wanted the chance to write, show off, show off what I could do, and obviously learn as well. And then um, now all of a sudden, you know, last season I did, I, I think I counted, I've done like, you know, almost 20 men's games since sophomore year. So I probably did like, you know, you saw, I probably did 10 last year, honestly. Maybe. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's awesome. It's really cool. And uh, Maris has definitely given me the platform.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I love that you mentioned, you know, the fact that it's a small school and that um, you're, you're able to get that real firsthand experience. And I think a lot of the guys who see the big names, the Syracuse, the 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 UConn, like you mentioned, and other big schools for communications, they they automatically think, okay, if I go there, I'm going to get a job. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't get that firsthand experience um, when you first get there, you and you, say you end up not liking it, you know, mm-hmm. and and you you've waited four years to finally, you know, uh, be the beat writer for a men's or women's basketball or a lacrosse or whatever sport you want to cover and you realize oh i don't really like this that much you've just spent the first 4 years of your college lo- life studying for something that you probably don't want to get into now and yeah. that's exactly what happened to me you know you mentioned um how at the except i think it was at the acceptance students day um, where i saw it and um I learned about the sports communications program that they had here, and I was like, I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I wanted, and that's what I thought I wanted coming out of high school. Um, When I realized that, I got, I ended up getting my hands on a camera, um, working a volleyball game my first week on campus as a freshman uh, for the Red Fox Network here, and I realized in that moment that you know it just wasn't for me. So, and, and I'm glad that you were able to find that, you know, as early as your sophomore year. And, you know, I love coming over to see you at, at the <laughs> beginning of games with your suit and tie all ready to go, dressed up. And, you know, I always That's find right. Dave and it's always a nice nice time to see you while everyone's stretching and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. A good time, man.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, so it's always it's always fun to be at the games and it's nice because, um, you know, if, we, if maybe if we're at a bigger school, me and you don't really know each other, or I didn't know Connor, who was on the team freshman year, or Toby. Right. Um, and um, that aspect of it I like as well. Like Coach Dunn knows me by first name. Um, yeah. He knows a lot of people at, or a few people at center field. Um, that doesn't happen at bigger schools. And, you know, being able to, to know, uh, like, I for away games, when I cover them, I call Coach uh, on the phone like for a one-on-one interview like yeah. after the game like that. I'm not going to do that with Coach K at Duke ever. That <laughs> will never happen if I go there. He's never okay. going to do that, you know. Um, and also trying to get on on press row at an away game would never happen either. They wouldn't yeah. let, you know, a student publication. If we're playing at, you know, North Carolina, Damn. they're not going to give room for a, for a Duke away student publication. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of schools, thankfully, because we play against other smaller schools, allow that, you know, if I, if right. I am in the area to go to a Quinnipiac game, and um, obviously there's no COVID regulations, and I say, hey, I'm here as the a way, you know, I did you saw I did it at Fordham, like, you, it's doable, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. another part of the, of the, um, of the, or the resources you get at a smaller school that people don't necessarily, they kind of overlook, you know, that firsthand experience and being able to put on your resume, hey, I covered as, you know, I covered a, a division one program. Yep. I was able to go to the press conference. I was able to sit courtside. Like I did all of that. I've already done it. You know, and a kid yes. at Duke, you could take the great classes, get, you know, a three, eight, get this crazy school on his resume. Mm. And then they put, you know, they put the real work in front of them. Of, and I'm not bagging anyone goes to Duke. I'm sure right. most <laughs> know more than me. But, I, but, you know, the people who don't get the experience or get a chance to um kind of, they, they go, all right, do you know how to write a game or do you know how to go cover a game? And they're like, I've never done that in my life. Right. And a yeah. lot of it, at least in the sports communications industry, just boils down to hard experience, which right. is, I'm thankful Maris has given me that.
0: Right. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I I love how you mentioned you know, seeing you at the Fordham game, I didn't even know. Like when I saw you at that game, I didn't even know you weren't on campus. Like yeah, I knew you yeah, were no. doing the Marison Manhattan program. Mm-hmm. So the trip to Fordham was was just a uh, short trip for you. Yeah. And then, and then seeing you at the Siena game, obviously you're you're from that Albany area. That mm-hmm. was pretty cool. But then the real dedication was shown when you showed up to Atlantic City for our game at nine o'clock at night i see this man dave i'm like oh did you are you like staying down here or something you're like no dude i just drove down here and i'm driving back after the game the game that didn't end until about midnight uh, that Uh, night and you know it's true that's true dedication man and and i I respect you 100 for that
1: no yeah thank you that was a um I, I actually haven't, since I, since I got here, I haven't missed, because they did have it in Albany, which is easier, but I haven't missed the tournament game, because how could you, you know, in right. college basketball when your games? Yeah. good um, But yeah, I, I was just basically like, hey, as long as classes don't interfere, because I obviously was an editor-in-chief at the time, I was an editor, but you know, it wasn't my yeah. call. And I was the beat writer, so I did have the right to go. And I was like, um, I'll, I really, I'm going to be watching the game anyway, I've never <laughs> been to Atlantic city. I've never been to boardwalk hall. I was yeah. like, might as well go. And yeah. they were like, all right. And they actually did offer if they, I wanted a hotel room. Okay. I, like, mm, do I really want one. And I actually didn't realize how long the drive, was. I, I got there and I was like, wow, that was a long drive. Yeah. And the game. Yeah. The, like you said, the game started at 10. Yeah. Because I don't know, if, I don't know if the games before went into overtime or not, but I think they just took a while. Cause it takes like half an hour to switch out, you know, I, I don't i don't know entirely how it works i'm sure you know but like locker rooms and right and floor ready and warm-ups all that yeah
0: stuff. yeah absolutely like just games take longer than people expect you know yeah. and might have been so like yeah. an
1: overtime game yeah they schedule them like back to like like two hours apart from each other and i'm like the game takes two hours you know you need 20 30 minutes between where's the where's the thought process yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think our game was scheduled for like eight thirty or something. We didn't we didn't tip until close to ten, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't because I had to talk to, um, I had to talk to coach, and then obviously you guys put a few players out. And um, by the time that was done, and by the time I got the quotes out and got the story up, because yep. we were trying to get the story up that night, I didn't leave till one one thirty. Wow. And I got I got back at five. <laughs> I should have stayed. Bad decision. Poor yeah. poor decision making on my part. If, if I go this year, I will be staying.
0: Yes. 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 And ho- hopefully you'll be staying uh for a longer time, you know. Um hopefully yeah. we're on there for for a while this coming year. Mm-hmm. Um but no, that's great. And and like the fact that you have that sort of experience the driving what was it 7 hours in one day going through that seeing that and doing that as a 21 year old is is only going to you know help you in in the long run especially in in an industry where you may have to do that uh, Mm -hmm. in in a situation and and getting that experience as at a 20 as a 21 21 year old that's only going to help you in the long run so I'm I'm happy for you for that um why don't why don't you talk to me a little bit about um you know what is it like in Albany? Life in Albany. I know you. You're originally born and raised in Massachusetts. Um, wh- what year did you move there? And what can you tell me about the Capital Region?
1: Um, so I moved. I used. I was born in um, Guilder in Massachusetts. Guilder Gil- in New York. <laughs> okay. Wow i just made up a town uh <laughs> if there is a in massachusetts i apologize um <laughs> so yeah i was born in gildewin new york um i, I would i tell people i was raised in concord massachusetts because i was there okay. from first grade to like eighth grade
2: okay and
1: then um and then in eighth grade i moved back to um I moved back to the gildewin area like three miles away from where i was born wow. so um so yeah, I mean the capital region is a lot of people give it. Um, when I first met my girlfriend, and I told her I was from there. She, she, they give it a very rural kind of um, kind of tag, yeah. Because really, for I mean, she's from Long Island, so a lot of people, you know, from Long Island, just kind of automatically tag everything above Poughkeepsie, yeah. as, as just woods and nothing, yeah. and pr- practically like northern Canada. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm like, I am from Gildewin's guy. You could look it up like 35,000 people. It is very, they're urban areas, especially Albany, obviously. Albany is right. like 100,000 people. So um, yeah, I lived in kind of an outskirts suburb of um, of Albany. Um, they love their high school sports. Um, they love Siena up there. They loved, Especially the last few years. Right. And yeah, you remember when we had the home game. Oh yeah. They brought a freaking like, they brought like two buses of fans. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so and they have obviously the Times Union Center and they pack it for a lot of the games so um, yeah Albany's Albany's a really nice area to grow up um, there's a lot of families there's a lot of kids um, a lot of good high schools a lot of good high school athletics and um, yeah no I, I really like growing growing up there I uh, I came back in eighth grade and I met I, I had no idea what I was getting into and um, I met some some of my friends that I'll have obviously for life that I talk to every day so yeah um, yeah, no, uh, upstate's a great area. There's also, there is some rural aspects where it's very gorgeous and um, yeah, yeah, no, gr- great place to live, great place to grow up. And um, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world.
2: Right. No, I'm, I'm glad
0: for that. And, you know, I know we talk a lot because us both being from upstate New York, you know, there's not many of us down here and it, no. it's, it's a lot of those Long Island, New Jersey, Connecticut people. And they, when they, you, you mentioned that when they think about upstate New York, they they automatically think it's, it's this like just ridiculous, obscure place. That's just, you know, all, all woods and trees and lakes and stuff. And they're like, Oh, you, you haven't been to the beach. Like you, you don't have good food. Like there, there's some quality, there's some quality places in upstate. Oh New York. yeah. hundred percent. And I think, I think people like us, we need to help help put some more, more respect on, you know, that, that part of the country, because um, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. place, you know, very snowy, of course, um, can't really do much about that, but um, yeah, I, I love it. And I'm, I'm glad that you're a fellow upstater and we can, we can share that, that sort of bond.
1: We got to break uh, the stigma that people have on upstate New York.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love, I, Hey man, I love Syracuse, New York. You, you won't find me saying anything negative about that area. So. Never. Yeah. Uh, so when we were preparing for this podcast, uh, you mentioned, I, I was mentioning to you a bunch of topics that we could have covered. Uh, and you mentioned to me that you're a big NFL college football and English premier league.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, college, basketball. college basketball. college Or college basketball. My bad. My yeah, bad. I'm good. the college football fan. Yeah. No, I love like I love college football. I love college basketball. Of course, Um, I I, I love playing college basketball, but college football, there's nothing that
1: that... I did. I did catch uh, Notre Dame Clemson last night. That was an awesome game.
0: Okay.
2: yes. All right.
1: So Um, I'll I'll tune in for the big ones. Like, obviously, I'll tune in for the big bowls. But I I don't know. I just don't follow. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I should. You you need to get me on that. You need to you need to you need to uh, keep me keep me on that.
0: I got you. I got you. I got a couple of guys who I follow in the podcast space who, who I like to listen to and take notes on and see mm-hmm. how they uh, present their podcast. So I think that's kind of how I got sucked into that, that, um, that community, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um But talk to me about like why you, you like the NFL college basketball and English premier league.
1: Um so I guess I guess the first one that started was NFL. Um, I, I used to, since probably like kindergarten or first grade, I was blessed because my family, I became a Bucs fan at a very young age. Um, my dad is a Jets fan and my mom's a Bills fan. And okay. for a while we lived in Massachusetts where you weren't getting any of those games unless you were playing <laughs> the Patriots. Know. For the right. one or one of the two times that year, especially not the Bucks, you were not getting the Bucks in in uh, right. in Massachusetts. Were, were
2: those the LTV Chris Sims ever.
1: days? Um, for the Bucks,
2: yeah.
1: Oh man, uh, yeah, Bruce Gradkowski, Chris Sims. I mean, Jeff Gar- Jeff Garcia was a good one, but yeah, okay. a, lot of, a lot of tough quarterbacks. <laughs> but um, we can go, we can go down that list. But anyway, <laughs> um, so we had Sunday Ticket. I was very blessed that we had Sunday Ticket. And uh, little, you know, five, six-year-old Dave would would plop his butt down for, like, 12 hours a day and just absorb all of the football. Yeah, I, I was, you know, privileged to watch all of it. And then they came out with the Red Zone channel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I started watching that. And then I would just keep up with all the teams. And, you know, as, a, as an elementary school middle schooler, you know, you don't have much else going on. So you have so much free time. You just kind of do whatever sticks. And, you know, I'd watch football right. on Sunday. Um And, um, yeah, I just got really glued to it and I've had my entire life. It's really been a part of my life, which is, which is, I think a lot of people could say the same, but, um, yeah, it's something I've always been into. And then, um, college basketball, I'm, I'm, I can't remember what got me so hooked. I would say it's the sport I have the most knowledge on. Okay. Um, I, I like a lot of the smaller schools. Like I'll keep eyes on the smaller players, the smaller schools, um, and um yeah I I think it was probably March Madness I remember I, I just really really liked it I love the idea of like Cinderella teams and you know you know the the smaller schools taking on the bigger schools and, yeah. and the fact that you know all you need is a team to get hot at the right time and you'd never know what could happen
2: absolutely You, know, you had
1: like George Mason you had Wichita State um you recently had Loyola Chicago so um yeah, I just I just love the the atmosphere of it, the the winter go home all that. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of started following, you know, regular season. I was like, wow, this is and it's a lot of work. I mean, you really got to roll up your sleeves if you're going to follow college basketball throughout the regular season. There's 350, I think this year is 357. They used to be 353 or something. Yeah. And, um, no, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work to keep up with, but, you know, it's something I like, I, I kind of like the grind of it and, um, following all the schools and, uh, the, the narratives and all that. And a lot of it's underreported because it's just smaller schools and, um, you know, some dude, it's a game winner in the, in the Mac or in the big South, or, you know, yeah. swag, like it doesn't really make sports center, which, you know, right. is something that, you know, these guys bust their butt, you mm-hmm. know, every single day trying to have a moment like that. And it doesn't even make mainstream media, which stinks but yeah. it's the way it is and then um, as for Premier League um, I just got into it I would say a few years ago I'm a big you can see it actually I'm a big Tottenham fan okay but, um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I just got into it the last few years and then really once quarantine hit it was one of the first sports back it was back yeah. in like, mid-June oh wow! So I just started really watching it like I started really trying to learn the sport for the for, since like you know 2016 I, I would watch it Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't watch much beyond Tottenham and then I really started watching it and caring about it and now this year I'm really like I'm watching like every game and um, yeah no it's 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 really um, it's really awesome I I honestly have like fallen in love with soccer it might might be my favorite out of the three to watch it's it's just when you understand a lot of people think it's boring or whatever When you really understand the the tactics of it and and you know more than just watching the goals, like watching player movement and watching yeah. where the ball's going, and you know pressuring and all the different tactics and systems that that managers uh, implement. It, it's it's crazy to watch. It's it's an awesome sport. I recommend it to anyone. But yeah, Premier League, I just really got into, and um, I love their promotion relegation system, all that stuff. So those are the three for me. Um, I try to watch other stuff. Like yeah. um, I try to keep up with that. I mean, I can keep up with NBA. Try to get with MLB, but then it gets to a point where it's just so much—all those sports at once. Trying to watch them, especially with quarantine, you know, yeah. you know, everything was kind of starting up again, and I was my head was spinning. Yeah, so you, know, you just kind of kind of buckle down and grab a few that you really want to watch.
0: Absolutely, yeah, you know, and everyone has their their um their favorites and their their preferences. Uh, you know what I find interesting is you're the first Tottenham fan I've ever met. You know, anyone really? who I who I know who follows the EPL they're always Liverpool, Everton, uh, Chelsea, Man City, Man U, uh, you know, the big, the big programs and the big clubs. Uh, I'm surprised you said Tottenham. That's interesting.
1: That, mm-hmm. That's real interesting. <laughs> I couldn't
0: story. name a single player on that roster.
1: Oh yeah. No, I could, I, I could name all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but me and my friends at home, I've, or, there's like, we all watch it. So like we have half the table covered in fandom. Oh, you know, wow. we, I have friends, I have friends of like, every, or who are fans of like every team in the big six. And then I have fans of um, friends that are fans of like smaller clubs, like West Ham and like Bournemouth. Like, yeah, no, it's crazy. We, wow. we all really like it. So it may also makes it easier for me to follow.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I'm glad, I'm, I'm happy that you, you know you found something that you're real passionate about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, let's talk a little bit about the Bucs. Uh, you mentioned that when you talked about the NFL. Uh, they they've had a good they had a pretty good off season you know um they signed this guy uh what's his name what's his name quarterback I can't remember. um Blaine uh, Gabbert oh, Tom Brady yeah Tom <laughs> Oh,
1: Brady. we already
0: had Blaine Gabbert yeah yeah oh yeah Blaine Gabbert yeah <laughs> him, him and um but you know they 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 signed Tom Brady uh arguably well probably not even arguably at this point the greatest quarterback of all time uh, and they signed one of his favorite targets of all time uh Rob Gronkowski and then Uh, The rich seem to get richer with the signing of Leonard Fournette. And then they just got Antonio Brown. And I'm like, when is it going to end? Like they, they now have weapons upon weapons to, to not even, not even to mention that they already had guys like Mike Evans and Godwin and and those types of guys um, on on their offense. Um, So why don't you tell me a little bit about um, what, what, what are your thoughts on the season so far?
1: Oh man. I can't even <laughs> explain it. I, I I mean I've been for anyone who's followed the NFL or just who's a Bucks fan. I've been a Bucks fan since 2005 and since they since 2002 when they won the Super Bowl. Um I believe I have a banner of that as well. Really? Right. right. <laughs> right there. Oh but, was- uh yeah. No, since since that year they've been arguably the worst franchise in the nfl other than maybe the browns yeah um uh, yeah. i mean, there too. I, you could you could throw i you could probably throw the bills in there as well i know they've had recent success but before that they were pitiful yeah and uh, my mom being a bills fan we you know bills bucks jets is a, is a rough run of it for the last <laughs> 10 years you know especially since since the the bills, jets somehow stumbled into an afc championship game two years in a row two, two in a row yeah other than that I mean nothing in terms of playoffs nothing yeah, nothing and we we haven't we haven't won a playoff game since i believe like oh three wow maybe maybe the super bowl year and then we we made the only time we've made it in my life of, of being a bucks fan because right. i wasn't live for super bowl that super bowl yeah yeah but, um it was oh seven when we lost to the giants who went on to beat the the undefeated patriots in the super yeah, bowl. yeah. so um no i mean it's been really rough um I have a picture, maybe I'll send it to you, but I hope it never leaks or goes public of me. After we signed Tom Brady, my eyes are like swollen. I was crying so much. My face <laughs> is red. There's tears everywhere. I My parents, this was this was like a week after we all got sent home, maybe two right. weeks. Not yeah. even. No, because yeah. I, I, I didn't that, that night. Because there quarantine. wasn't any masks. There wasn't any restrictions. No. <laughs> it was like fresh going home. Oh, yeah and um and i was going to a party that night with my friends and and i just i was i was waiting all day i was anxious it was that day where it was like not quite confirmed i think colin coward said something about it on a show but people were like oh uh. right right yeah was, they, were, they were like he's a he's a talking head not sure if it's quite his place to report that like if he yeah really has the the sources for it right so i was like i was like i'm not doing anything until Schefter says it and then you know at like 6, 6 15 he he's he announced it on sports center yeah and my parents weren't home, and I, I sent a picture of me just bawling my eyes out to my dad, because he was like, how do you feel? You know, right. Like, that, that sums it up. And um, yeah, no, that that, I mean, I didn't even have words for how I felt and um to just have any like to even just have any sense of being possibly able to make the play like i don't even think we're gonna make the playoffs i still can't fathom it it feels like we're just gonna go six and ten really it's just it's just in my nature i i I just can't even i can't even fathom it you
0: guys are what like five and two right now six and two six and two
1: yeah i i I know like if i looked at any other six and two team like the titans i'm like they're in the playoffs but i I just can't get it through my because i need to see it happen it's a it's a mental block okay and um yeah yeah and and all the signings we've made uh especially having bruce arians at the helm who I, i've yeah. always admired i think he's a great offensive mind
2: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah i i mean i saw it, and, and it went under it went underappreciated but what he did and I, I don't think brady really needed this but what he did for carson palmer in arizona a few years back where carson palmer you know for anyone who followed his career was in was on cincinnati yeah and um, for, you know, 10, 12 years, it's kind of similar to Andy Dalton. Um, yeah. Kind of put up good numbers, was yeah, never, never get over the hump, right? but he was always a respectable quarterback there. Absolutely. And, um, and then he went to Oakland and was not good. It was just pitiful. I don't yeah. even know if he played out that whole year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he went to Arizona and Bruce Arians was like, I can work with him. And he, they what I believe they went to an <clears throat> NFC title game. They were, I mean, they were scary that year. That was Larry yeah. Fitzgerald. remember who's in the backfield but nevertheless um that team was awesome so um I knew he could do it with with Brady and I I I always felt that you know I hated the discussion of was it Brady or was it Belichick I think it can be both you know yeah I think they're both great in their own ways and Mm -hmm. um, although the Patriots are struggling a bit yeah when when Cam Newton can't throw a five yard slant route into the numbers then I, I don't really know what he's supposed to do but right Yeah. 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 So that's been my, that's been my fandom as a, as a a Buccaneers fan, but hopefully things are looking up. They certainly seem that way.
0: Absolutely. And, and I just want to get your thoughts. What, how are you feeling about Antonio Brown?
1: I actually, I I had a tweet about this and. um,
0: That's exactly
1: why I asked you that question. Yeah. I'm a guy for second chances, um, but it feels like he's on his 800th. And, and like when Michael Vick came back to the league, I was like, I was younger, but I was like, you know what, this guy, you know, he deserves it. And he's done a lot. He's done a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, on a, on a, even a more intense scale, I, I, I feel a second chance. I don't think it won't come, but the stuff that people don't realize what Ray Rice has done since that video leaked. I mean, he's done a lot for domestic abuse. He's done, he's done a lot in, in the community and he's done a lot to try to, fix his image yeah obviously that's on a much higher scale yeah but i mean you look at michael vick he's completely turned his life around you Absolutely. know yeah. and and he made he made a bad mistake yeah and um he he served jail time for it and he came out and he's come out a better man and he's a great guy yeah and um i want to say i do hope the same for antonio brown i think he's had his share, share of chances mm-hmm. um and I don't think it's. I think it brings a lot of bad PR to sign someone like him, mm-hmm. rather like regardless of just the the poor morals. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yes, I'm still going to root for the team. Yes, I hope he does well. Um, but I, I'm just not sure how huge of a fan I am of the signing. If he scores, I'll be happy. <laughs> but. It's just, it's so hard as a fan, like, when you're, when you just, you're walking on, on eggshells, and there, someone did a, I believe, Will and Lily or something did a capping project on, on, like, where fandom and, like, morals kind of meet, you know what I mean, where, like, your player signs, or your team signs this player, you know, how do you react, do you celebrate him, like, do you, do you boycott the team, I'm not ready to do that, because, um, Obviously, a lot of it's alleged. Um, I'm assuming he did it, but <laughs> good amount of evidence against him. But but it, it, no, it's tough. It's really tough. And I, I hope the front office knows what they're doing. Um, I hope Bruce Arians and Tom Brady specifically, since he, it seems like he's kind of been requesting this, know what they're doing. And I, I, I genuinely, as a person who believes in second chances, I know it may be a third or fourth. I hope he can, he can figure it out. Um, it seems like Tom is really willing to help him off the field as well. He's been staying at his place. Yeah. So I, I hope he can find um, the path to, you know, kind of living a better life. And, and I hope – I think football helps him. I think it really keeps him – staying on the field keeps him from doing all that stupid stuff. Yeah. So, um, right. I, 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 hope that that can be the case. I don't think there's really a better group of dudes to be with than one, this team and two Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, if you're trying to do that. So, um, I mean,
0: I, I'd argue Seattle would have been better,
1: but at the same Seattle time, Seattle could have been nice as well. <laughs> Russell Wilson's a very, I, I'm a huge Russell Wilson. Man. He's a very good guy.
2: Yeah. I
1: think, I think, I think either way he would have been set, but, um, but yeah, no, I hope the best for him. I hope I hope he does well for us. I hope he succeeds. I hope he clears everything out and can kind of hopefully clear his name a little bit. But I mean, if he doesn't if he does something stupid again, it's just going to be an I told you so and and what's wrong with you guys for doing this, you know? I think it was a high risk, low reward. But yeah. Who knows? Maybe he'll be great and I'll be eating my words by, you know, Thanksgiving when he's when he's catching touchdowns for us. And tonight. I, even.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, let's hope. I, I hope I hope he does well. I hope, you know, for your sake. Uh, that the Bucks, you know, continue to to do well and play well, and uh, I mean, I hope the Patriots also also play well because, um, you know, I I would have originally being a Jets fan, Tom Brady leaving, uh, them being left with just Bill Belichick, I would have been, oh, that's fine. Uh, but as an Auburn fan, as an Auburn football fan, uh, the signing of Cam Newton has has now made me obligated to uh, root for the Patriots to do well and play well, and so. Yeah. I'm hoping he can he can come back and put it put it back together. Um, mind you, he did have the coronavirus, so uh, that that'll, that'll take a little while. I know it messes with your head uh, for at least a couple weeks after you get it. I've heard people have just you know felt out of it uh, after after they they get the virus. Um, and obviously, like conditioning and all that, you don't really have to worry about that with Cam, but uh, that can take its toll as well. So you know, hopefully, in the next few weeks, he puts it together and and they can have a good. A uh, good end of the year. Uh, they play my Jets on Monday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a tough one. That is a tough. You you are home though. That's... I will say, I'm in a I'm in a pool. I'm in a pool. This is this is probably a horrible idea. But and I don't even. Darnold's not going to play,
0: is he? No, uh, Joe Flacco starting. Oh goodness, now I regret
1: <laughs> it. I'm in a pool. I'm in a pool where it's just you pick straight up, and a lot of times it's like tied going into Monday night. Mm-hmm. So, I try to separate myself, and I, I took the Jets. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, boy. That might have been a made mistake. great mistake. I would have given him a fighter's chance. Because since Gaze gave up the playbook to the offensive coordinator, whose name is escaping me. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't even know his name.
1: Yeah. Since they – like, they've looked better on offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys went out to like a – what was it? A 10-0 lead on the Bills? Something
0: like that. No, yeah. I haven't been paying much attention recently. Yeah. So,
1: it, it it felt. I mean, now you've Joe Flacco, who's an absolute statue in the pocket, and has the presence awareness of of a, of a fourth grader. Yeah,
0: yeah, it doesn't help with, with the fact that Jets have a terrible offensive line.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just it's a, it's it's not good. But it's a work in progress, though. Hey, I, I, my dad at being a Jets fan and a lot of my friends, obviously I'm sure you have a bunch as well who are Jets fans and you, I, I will be, I will be rooting for the Jets. I'll, I'll, I will always root for the Jets. I don't care what I don't care. I've been a Bucks fan when they've had plenty of top five picks. I don't care how much it messes up the pick. I'm never going to root for a draft pick. I'm rooting for wins, no matter what.
0: Right. No, absolutely. No, I never, I don't like the the concept or idea of tanking, uh, but you know, the idea of getting a guy like Trevor Lawrence in New York, maybe with a new coaching staff, is is. He to tank. If there's a year to tank, yeah, it might exciting. be the year. But at this point, it might even be Justin Fields. And I know you're not fam- familiar with college football, but in my opinion, I think Justin Fields could be a better fit than Trevor Lawrence, considering the fact that he's a more mobile quarterback. Trevor Lawrence runs out of necessity, not out of the fact that it's an actual tool and a weapon within his arsenal. Um, so I really like Justin Fields. he's just as accurate uh, as Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think you know it's a toss it's gonna be a toss up come um, come April, May whenever they decide to do next year's draft. I don't know what they're going to do with the FCS playing in the um, in the in the spring mm-hmm. um, So you know we'll see when that happens but I think it's going to be a toss up uh, you know depending on which what the team what their scheme is and and who who gets the number one pick. Um, but yeah, no, I'm hoping the Jets can turn it around, uh, soon, you know, I, I, hope they can at least get a couple wins, uh, to end the year, uh, but you know, it, it's, it's going to be a fun time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll be a, a, uh, it'll be an interesting game to say the least. I'll obviously be tuning in, but, um, I don't even, I got to look at how many, what the the point spread is there. It's probably not pretty. But um, yeah, no, yeah. Week nine is approaching. We're actually like an hour from kickoff, so I'm I'm getting excited. But uh, right, yeah, yeah, no, we'll see. It's very, it's very interesting this year as well with the expanded uh playoffs. So
0: right, right, um, and I, I'd love to get into that, but you know, I gotta switch to I gotta switch the to topic again and talk a little yeah, bit I'm... about basketball with you. Um, let's talk let's talk about some of your favorite teams. You know, um, who have you followed? I know you mentioned. That you like watching a lot of the mid-major programs do well and 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 see like just some of those obscure teams that don't get covered, um, but I follow I follow your your Twitter account. You're very active on Twitter. I love you're a great follow. That's why I thought of you uh, to come oh, on the podcast. Uh, you 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 remind me of a Jeff Goodman John Rothstein um, type of Twitter account uh, where you, you you're coming up with you know some some news and facts about you know different college basketball players and teams and what's going on within the sport uh you know so who who, are there any big teams that you would say that you are considered a fan of or how how does how does that work
1: so when i approached college basketball I, i i was kind of unique in terms of i'm not um I realized I was trying to force fandom onto like schools and stuff. And I was just like, I don't really, I'm not feeling it. And I was just like, you know, I don't have to be, especially as a writer, it's actually a plus. I was like, I don't have to be a fan of anyone. Yeah. Like the sport or like the college at uh, collegiate level of it. And I was like, Ooh. I really like college basketball. I'm not, other than Maris, I'm not a fan of anyone. Obviously the school I go to is who I'm a fan of. Yep. Big teams. I think it helps with my writing and it helps with 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 understanding what seed each team should be mm-hmm. or, or how they are, like not thinking they're better or worse than they are because I'm a fan. Right. Um, I think that helps and um, um, there and it varies each year. Um, there are teams where uh, based on their players or their philosophies or their coach um I'll like them more than others so I will get a soft spot for some teams even the smaller ones I'll try to watch them when I can because I just think they're a fun watch or I like the kind of what they're building um okay. but it, yeah it varies I mean um I would say um the last few years like to to rattle some off I would say I really like Western Kentucky as this kid um Charles Bassey yeah a five-star recruit yeah who, you know had offers from a lot of big schools and mm-hmm. decided to go there. And he's entering his junior year. He's battled with some injuries. But yeah, um, yeah they have they have him. They have, um, I'm trying to think, uh, T- uh, Tavion Hollingsworth. Um, and I've always liked Rick Stansberry as a coach. did um,
0: they just, uh, they signed, did they sign Zion Harmon?
1: Eh, they might have. I should know this. <laughs> I know you. The the big yeah, they though. did. Yeah, you're right. They did. Oh, on my birthday too. Nice. <laughs> He, he's an incredible, Rick Stansbury is an unreal recruiter. I, I he, he's a good coach. The fact that they have, they, I don't think they've made a tournament since he's been there in the last like three or four years, which blows my mind. Right. So um, maybe that'll make Charles Bassey stay. I doubt it because he's like a shoe in for the conference USA player of the year. Okay. Um, but if he's, I mean, if you have two five stars on the floor in a conference like that, like that's just unreal. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with, um, with him at the helm. So um. Other teams I liked, um, Wofford when they had Fletcher McGee. Okay. They made that run. I was watching them in November. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, a of, it's, it's a lot of teams that like people catch on to in March, and I'm like, oh, yeah, nope, saw that coming because they're yeah. you know, a lot of these teams are just ridiculous all year and no one really pays attention. Right. Um, so yeah, there's been a bunch. Um, I remember seeing um, that year middle Tennessee beat Michigan State in that crazy upset. This is kind of the beauty of March Madness is I was watching them in the, it was the Conference USA title game. And it was like, I think it was like a day before selection Sunday. I I think I was watching with my dad and I looked at him. It was them. I forgot who they were playing. It might've been Western Kentucky or no, I think it might've been like old dominion. I don't remember. Okay. And I looked at my dad and I was like, neither of these teams, like they looked bad. I was like, neither of these teams are going to come close. They're both going to get wiped out in the first round. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the beauty of March Madness is they come out and I, pick, I picked Michigan State to win my bracket. Oh, God. And I'm watching, and it's like, I think it was like, a, it was Friday because it's Thursday, Friday. So it was the second day of the first round. Uh-huh. And I'm watching my bracket just burst into flames. I'm like, I've yeah. been enjoying March Madness for 24 hours and my bracket's gone. It's yeah. Because these dudes who I said were going to lose by 40, just I mean, they didn't just win. They dominated Michigan State. They made right. Michigan State look like the 15th seed. Right. I mean yeah, they murdered what year was that? What year is this? Uh 20, I want to say 2016. Okay. Cause I did they did
0: they end up playing Syracuse?
1: Michigan or middle Tennessee? Middle, they might
0: have. I think they ended up playing Syracuse. And I think that was part of like how they yeah, yeah. They that was our junior was, year. Was
1: I that think. the year you, they went to the final four? Yeah,
0: yep, They beat Virginia in the Elite Eight. Yeah, that was whew, that game. Whew. Yeah. That game was crazy because I, I like Virginia too. Um, you know, I, I'd probably say growing up, you know, everyone's a Syracuse fan. Um, you know, everyone, uh, you know, reps Syracuse around, around being like living in Syracuse. Um, So, you know, I had found Tony Bennett and I thought he was an amazing coach. I loved his team and I, I became a fan of them. Mm-hmm. And here I was conflicted because here was Syracuse, my hometown team. I had season tickets all throughout high school. I'd gone to almost every home game that I could. And here they were going up against Virginia, who I knew hadn't seen success in the NCAA tournament in forever, Mm -hmm. uh, especially with Tony Bennett. And, you know, people were ridiculing his style of play, saying you can't play that slow and be good in the tournament and Mm -hmm. all that. And then Syracuse makes this miraculous comeback. Everyone's like, everyone's going crazy and I, I just felt I felt so bad for Virginia I felt so bad um and now nowadays I don't even know who to root for um my my friend my friend Buddy Beheim, he's he's on Syracuse now I, I always tell him that I'm rooting for him against Virginia nowadays
1: yeah no <laughs> yeah
0: yeah just because of the fact that he's on the team and you know I gotta represent Syracuse now
1: I didn't know you're friends with him that's awesome
0: yeah. No, no, no. We played, we played high school basketball together. He's, he's, he's my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, no, it's, it, it's a crazy thing to see, you know, the differences between, you know, some regular season teams versus conference tournament teams. And then there's the NCAA tournament team, like, or the, the, the national tournament team, because you see uh, other teams um, make a run in, say the NIT or something like that. And in yeah. you're, this team was garbage all year. Now they make the NIT, and now they made a run. Um, but it's amazing to see, and and it's another reason why I just love college basketball. Um, so you said West Kentucky, Middle Tennessee. Um, you don't follow any like you, I know you. You said you don't really follow any, but like you, there are no big teams that you really like paid attention to, or.
1: No, I mean, no, I'll pay attention to them. Um, I would say ones that I've I've really liked in the past. Um, I I really like what Florida State does. Okay. Um Leonard I've Hamilton, thought, I think, is yeah. an incredible coach. And the, oh, what yeah. he's done at that program, I mean, that program wasn't great when he got there, and he's elevated it to a level where I think he's made like it's like three straight sweet sixteens or elite eights yeah. or something. Something some crazy stat like that. Mm-hmm. So um I really like the programs that have been like Oregon's another one has been completely built up. Um, Dane Altman's another great basketball mind. And then um yeah, yeah, there no, there's a lot of really good um bigger schools and then um you know it makes the it also makes the, the conference tournaments exciting because like there's a lot of bubble teams and it's bigger schools, so when they make it it's like a really big deal, which is awesome. Right. And then um yeah, no, it's 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 really interesting to see um, how a lot of also like the five stars pan out at the bigger schools. Yeah, because um, you know no one expected Zion to be what he was. You know, I don't I don't remember what his exact ranking was. I don't even think he was in the top twenty. I think he was like on the outskirts of the top twenty as as a high school recruit, something like um, that. I could be wrong.
0: Early early on, yeah. And um, then he by, his, by his junior senior year, he was getting a lot more buzz. He was the number two overall uh, recruit. Really? Yeah, R.J.
1: Barrett. Hmm? I was way off.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Because what happened was back when Marvin Bagley uh, was in that class, he was the consensus number one player in high school basketball, uh, even ahead of Michael Porter Jr., who was the number one player in the class above, and uh, DeAndre Ayton, who's the number one player in the class. Uh, who Michael Porter and DeAndre Ayton had shared that spot um, sophomore, junior year, and then by their senior year, uh, everyone decided it was Michael Porter. Um, but, uh, once Marvin Bagley decided to switch from 2018 to 2019 or 2017 to 2018, or Marvin Bagley switched from 2018 to 2017. That's Mm -hmm. when RJ Barrett decided to switch from 2019 to 2018. So like a bunch of the rankings got flipped and, and, Mm -hmm. and moved and stuff. And so I think the top four ended up being at the, at the end of their, that year, uh, it was RJ number one, Zion number two, Cam Reddish number three, yeah. Bull Bowl number four. Okay. So yeah, the Duke getting all the top three recruits, but people were saying RJ Barrett is going to be
1: the alpha dog.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, the alpha dog, and he ended up he ended up having a really really great year. It gets overshadowed by Zion, but mm-hmm. RJ Barrett was just as good, you know, just as impactful.
1: Um, so. Yeah, I remember watching, I would I would watch RJ at, at uh, Montverde, and I was just like, this guy is, uh, this, like, I was like, this guy is, he's playing like, you know, he's going to be the number one overall recruit in the alpha male. And I, I, you know, I watched Zion once in a while, but a lot of the things against his game was that, like, you know, he didn't have much of a jump shot. Yeah. Uh, You know, he he was he was for a guy who was trying to play the position he was playing in high school. He was a little undersized in terms of height. Yeah. And he completely blew all that away. And a lot of people were like, oh, he's just kind of like, you know, dunks and like hype and all that and he came and he gave us you know i I don't remember the numbers but one of the craziest statistical years we've ever seen in terms of player efficiency rating yeah and 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 all all the metrics were just like this dude is just an absolute beast it's not just the fact that he was fun to watch which is just like icing on the cake
0: yeah like 20 and 10 on almost 70
1: percent shooting (laughs) in at duke against like you know you're playing a hard non-conference schedule and then you're playing a hard conference schedule and then you're going to the tournament right I mean, it just—it was just—it it, over—it helped overshadow, like you were saying, RJ, and it overshadowed the fact that outside of like the big recruits, because Cam Reddish was—he showed potentially wasn't great. Yeah, you know, he didn't—I don't—I—I I would say—and again, it's because they took so many shots, but he mm-hmm. didn't necessarily play like a number three overall recruit. Right, and and it also overshadowed that team wasn't very deep outside of them. Yeah. You know, they took yeah. probably, if I had to guess, like. 70% of the shots each game? Yeah, yeah you know?
0: I, I'd say so because they, they had Trey Jones, who's a good floor general, perfect point guard for them. Couldn't shoot
1: a lick from three right. three.
0: Right, right. I, I think did they have Marquise Bolden? I think he was a senior that year.
1: They might have, yeah. Yeah, which is I don't remember that starting five. Did they right. all start? They all started, right? All three of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. All four I mean, of them. I don't remember who in, the fifth. In Bolden, been. I believe. Yeah. Or or Javin Delorier or Jack White depending yeah. on what they needed for that day. But like you said, Jevin Delorier is not much of an offensive player. Jack White wasn't really off, much of an offensive player. Um, Bolden was, he, he was a former five-star and he and he didn't really, um, he, he he wasn't playing, he didn't play like a five-star, but he found his role and he he played well. Um, I'm trying to think who else they had. Yeah, you're right. They just weren't very, they Joey weren't Baker was on the team, but he never played, you know. Yeah. Alex O'Connell, who ended
1: up transferring. Where's he at now? I remember he transferred.
0: Uh, I think he transferred to Creighton.
1: Creighton, you're right. Yeah. Creighton's going to be very good this year as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah.
0: McDermott, no, he takes they, – they 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 do well in the transfer market. Um, yeah. And they're just a well-coached team in a great conference, the Big East. And, yeah. like, Creighton's a solid program. Mark, I,
1: Marcus Zagorowski is going to be – he's he's their point guard he 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 may win conference player of the year he he may he may be an all-american i mean he's he's so underlooked in that conference yeah he's gonna be nuts yeah he's he's
0: michael carter williams uh stepbrother
1: really yeah oh that's interesting i didn't
0: know that they a half brother something like that they they are related yeah no it's crazy that's crazy um yeah he's he's really good i I like him
1: yeah no there's some uh there's a lot of good talent this year. I hope they get to have, have a have a somewhat of a normal season mm-hmm. um, at pretty much every level. But yeah. um, hopefully these, you know, bubbles that they're doing and like um, these tournaments, I hope they all pan out. And yeah. Um, yeah, no, I like, and I also like what the Mac said with um, the, the they just came out with that back-to-back Friday to Saturday scheduling mm-hmm. type thing. So that's really good for kind of limiting travel and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So um, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, as long as we get to play games, as long as everyone else gets to play games and we get an NCAA tournament, um, you know, hopefully for next year, we'll have a vaccine. We'll we'll be able, we'll be better prepared for a college basketball season. I was hoping that would happen this year, but obviously, you know, things happen and, and that's just the way it goes. But um, hopefully, uh, you know, everything works out this year. We're able to have a tournament, um, we're able to get that revenue back going so these programs don't have to suffer any longer because I know a lot of uh, programs are are, are letting go of people um, and schools are letting go of people who you know work within the program and probably play essential roles like you know some of the media people here at Marist like I can't imagine not having any of them or I can't imagine not having any of the people who walk around McCann every day Um, you know everyone plays their role in making Marist athletics like a great a great organization and I'm, I'm grateful for every single person who helps us out so it, it would be terrible to have god forbid any anybody has their like they have to let go of anyone uh because you know no one no one deserves that
1: mm-hmm. yeah? yeah no for sure yeah i think that's a perfect way to put it it's uh it's tough times but but um yeah, the the schools are, are are trying their best, and and it is sometimes what has to happen. And it's horrible. It's really bad. So hopefully, hopefully things get better soon. Hopefully the season picks up and it helps things out. But um, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm really excited for the season.
0: Absolutely, man. And you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not going to hold you very longer. I just have a couple more, couple yeah, more no, go want to uh, before before we log off for the day. Um, so you know let's get back into, you know, Maris Centerfield and, and, and working in sports communications. What are your aspirations? You know, I mentioned, I can see, I can definitely see you being like a Jeff Goodman, John Rothstein type, type of guy for college mm-hmm. basketball, you know, just, just a guy who knows everything, who knows every little thing about every little team. And that's something that's amazing. That's something that's in demand, you know, seeing, seeing those types of guys, having those types of guys who are able to come on different platforms and, you know, give their thoughts and opinions on certain matters and, and report news at the same time. Um, so, so what are your some of the aspirations that you you want to accomplish in within this field?
1: Um. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I I really like the reporting side of things. Like, um, I'm I'm big on kind of the the journalistic as well as like the insider aspect, okay. like having sources and. And, um, you know, being able to obviously, um, write basically breaking news or, or just write articles or features or gamers. I'm a big writer. I like stuff like that. Um, on air, I haven't thought of yet. I mean, it's something I think I would feel comfortable doing, but, um, it's not really like my top priority. Like, I don't think I would be a play-by-play guy per se, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, the thing I like the most is that, um. I, I get a lot of people coming to me and it, you know, center field we try to make is like a microcosm of a newsroom as best we can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, to kind of prepare people and I get, you know, freshmen and sophomores coming in and they're like, Hey, I only want to cover football. And I'm like, come back in two years. <laughs> we have people covering football. You need, you need, like I said, earlier. you need to work your way. I also, I need to know if I'm giving you something as important as a football game, I don't mean to be rude. I need to know that you can write. Right. It's a big thing to cover same mm-hmm. with men's basketball, same, especially with women's basketball.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I need to know that that stuff gets clicks. I, I don't, uh, you know, I need to know that you can write. Right. And the way I was able to kind of get on those beats is I did women's lacrosse, men's lacrosse. I believe I did a soccer game. Um, I did women's basketball and then I, I kind of, you know, I worked my way up to the women's basketball, men's basketball. I haven't done football, but um, you kind of got to work your way up. I did a bunch of features. Um, mm-hmm. So you just got to show that you can write and having that ability for me to go into a, a, a newsroom in the future and say, Hey, I'll cover really any sport. Yeah. I'll figure it out. I'll learn it. I here are the ones that I mainly watch. Um, and I'll, I'll really, I'll cover any of them. I'll do, I'll do, you know, whatever you guys want me to. And then I'll obviously hopefully work my way towards the sport that I would like. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I want to get out. I want to write. I want to hopefully eventually report because that comes with building sources and that doesn't come overnight. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I definitely want to. I want to get into the writing. I think I think um, a lot of people try to jump, jump the um, kind of jump the path of of being on air or being really any. A lot of people in this industry, no matter where they end up, almost all of them started off as writers. Okay, all, a lot of them, especially on air people, started off writing, and that's how you can think coherently, yeah, think critically, mm-hmm. um, look at things in the right lens. Whereas you can kind of tell when you watch people on air, if they have a writing background or not. People think Jay Billis just went to Duke and all of a sudden he became on air and he was just like a great, you know, Jay Billis is a lawyer, (laughs) the dude's a lawyer. Like he, he knows how to critically think, he knows how to analyze situations. He knows when to talk and when not to. And you know, people give him flack. I think he's a great on air personality and I wouldn't be surprised if being a lawyer has helped him realize his communication skills, writing skills, all yeah. that stuff. So having that separate background in something that is journalism or even being a lawyer like Jay Billis, yeah, um, it helps, all of it helps. And I think it's a good way to kind of slow your role and realize maybe, again, maybe you don't want to be on air. Maybe mm-hmm. you just have an opinion you want to share. You can do that a lot easier writing and, and then you can kind of transition into on air. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, I think that's kind of the path I want to take if on air is something I want to do, I also have a business minor. So um, okay. if, if, if like, you know, a, t- a team front office, I, it's so far down the road, but if that's something that interests me, then yeah, I would definitely love to be a part of something like that more of a team oriented rather than media oriented position. But um, of course. yeah, I'm, I'm definitely leaving my doors open. I kind of did that when I got here, they were like, you know, I was asked a lot, you know, you, everyone's asked like when you first get here, they're like, what do you want out of college? What do you want to do? I was like, I was like, I want to be involved in sports. I don't know what yet. I want to okay. learn. That's why I'm here. I want to figure it out. And all the time I was told, I was like, that's a great attitude. Like, that's what you want because you want to keep your options open. You know, you have kids who come, they're like, they're like, I want to be the next Stephen A. Smith and I only want to talk about basketball. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So you've just completely given yourself one path and yeah. it's not gonna happen. I'll tell yeah. you that. And not even- I, I don't not even- I don't really I don't think Stephen A. Smith is like a yeah. he's a good guy, he's a great guy. Yeah. he's not someone you should necessarily strive to be in media
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know he's very entertaining he knows his role but he just yep. kind of like he just yells he doesn't really say anything that blows your mind very often he does once in a while but exactly so I, you know yeah. you get a lot of people like that and it's just like you know you got you got to think a little deeper than that you know what i mean
0: right yeah what what is it about you that's going to get you on air you know not just the yeah. fact that you can cover basketball uh steven a he he can cover a bunch of different sports he's I know he, him working with Max Kellerman has has brought him into more of the martial arts fighting realm. Uh, he's now able to talk a little bit about that, um, more educated, um, and as well as football. He he talks, he's able to talk about that. But you know, you don't see him talk about hockey. You don't see him talk about baseball um, much. But you know, he he worked from the ground up. You yeah. know, doing radio writing. Um, you know, working in Philly. Uh, for the 76ers, covering them for a long time and finally getting his his uh, his shot at ESPN. He's People don't realize he's 50 years old and he's just now, you know, he, he feels like he really he said he feels like he really made it uh, oh, yeah. for the first time back in 2018 when he was like in his late 40s. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's a long process and if it's something you love and it's something you're willing to work for then it's it it can be very rewarding in the end
1: you never know and I do I will say I respect the hell out of him because he had a quote where he said um I think I think like uh I think it might have been off of a LeBron quote where LeBron said like I'm living the American dream or something like that and Stephen A was like I think I'm closer to the American dream because, oh, yeah. you know, Stephen A was like, I wasn't born six eight, two fifty. 250, no one is, you know what I mean? Like LeBron, I'm not gonna knock him. The dude work, has worked his butt off. He's been an incredible role model, all this stuff. But, you know, if he was 5'8", 170, he probably wouldn't be where he is. Oh yeah. And for Stephen A, you can't knock him for that. Like he is where he is because he's who he is, Yeah. you know? and And, you know, his his come up has been incredible. I mean the dude, I think he might be the highest paid like journalist in sports. I think so too. Him
0: or him or, or... Like ten
1: million a year. Yeah. Yeah. So all power to him for, for yeah.
2: He he
1: found what makes him valuable and he found what makes him entertaining. And he knows he does know his stuff and he's worked his way up. And I, I respect the hell out of him for that.
0: No, I do too. And I'm I'm super I'm super um, you know, I, I admire him a lot and I enjoy watching him too um but yeah no it's a process and and it's something that you know you have to pay your respects to those like even a guy like Skip Bayless who I'm not a fan of whatsoever whatsoever Mm. whatsoever I cannot emphasize this enough that I am not a fan of Skip Bayless but I do respect the man I respect the fact that he has worked in writing and journalism and sports for so long and now he's finally he's at he's reached that top tier level with with a Stephen a um and and a rachel nichols and and people like that who are personalities who you know they are doris burke or you know people who transcend past just you know being a reporter or being um and on their personality or journalists like they they go further than that they, they have a bigger cultural impact um, mm-hmm. So just seeing that, um, it's something that, you know, you definitely respect and something you can definitely try to strive for. And it's a great thing to see. Um, So to end this podcast off, I I, do have any advice um, besides, you know, you mentioned uh, coming in and working on different, um, you know, being open to working on different sports, but do you have any advice for someone coming in uh, to the sports comm realm and um, you know, say they're a high school senior or a college freshman just starting out uh, at their school or the school's publication. Um, what what would you sort of say um, to get them started in in that business?
1: um Like I've said a hundred times in a word, I would say write. Like just just write, write, write. Um, do whatever they throw at you. Don't be. You can't really you got to think of it with anything you can't um just waltz in and be picky and be like i it's with one of now as someone who's it's not glamorous but the head of a publication it's it's the most off-putting thing when people come up to me and they're like i only want to cover this and i only want to write about this Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know if you're going to come in that closed-minded it's not going to get you very far you need to cover other sports you may find something that you didn't realize you liked yep and and you need to treat that that whatever whatever entry level you're at, you need to treat that as an experience and as this is me learning about myself as much as learning about wherever I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, take that time to to take whatever work you can get, show your skills, learn. Because the first thing I tell people when they think they're not good enough, I'm like, you send it to me. I'm gonna we're gonna edit it first anyway. Mm-hmm. And if there's something wrong with it, I'm not afraid to send it back and be like, hey you know, this isn't quite good enough. Here's where you need to improve it. Mm-hmm. Because the goal at the end of the day with, with us and I think with any publication, it should be to make people better writers. Yeah. Um, because in, in you know, you're only as good as your worst writer mm-hmm. and and making everyone better is something that's not only going to help them individually, but help wherever the brand is, yeah. you know, the company, the 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 publication. So um, yeah, my biggest piece of advice would just be to write, right? As much as you can, with the, with wherever you're at, without wherever you're at, start a blog. Um, Cause when you start a blog, then you can write about whatever you want. If you Absolutely. really want to write about that thing. Just do your own blog, you mm-hmm. know, exactly. And, and it'll, that works out just fine. But when you pu- come up to someone else's you know, publication and you're new there, If you do whatever grunt work or or pieces they give you, you know, you're going to get a little bit of bottom level pieces. If -hmm. you knock it out of the park, they're going to notice it. I mean, I can, when we get new writers, I can tell within two paragraphs if I'm like, yeah, this is someone I might get to give a beat to in the spring. Like I can already tell, you know, and then it's also, you know, I kicks I've kicked some stories back to people this year. And they come back with me right away with a great looking story and they've fixed exactly what I've addressed. I'm like, this is a person I can rely on. Yeah. And when you can build that, 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 uh, identity within a publication that you're someone who is responsible on time, reliable, someone they can count on. That's when the big stuff comes in. That's when they start asking you, Hey, what do you want to work on?
2: Mm. That's
1: the good spot to be in, you know, Mm. rather than you coming in and saying, this is what I want to do. Yep. So, um, Grind the first few years, um, whether it's high school, college, post graduation, um, those first few years, like you, you got to grind to get where you want to be. And like you said with Stephen A. and with a lot of people, they don't get to where they really want to be until they're, you know, halfway into the industry. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, he's, he's been, you know, 25 years in the industry. He's like, I'm finally where I want to be. And you're like, what? Wow. Yeah. You know, and it, that's how it is, you know, and it may take a lot less amount of time for some more amount of time for others, yeah. but just keep grinding and, and do, do what you're asked of and, and it'll pay dividends.
0: No, that's great. That, that, that's great. And that's a great way uh, to finish off this podcast. Uh, I'm super thankful uh, for you coming on, Dave. Uh, definitely, you know, well, I'll keep in touch with you. Definitely got to keep um keep in contact so so you can let me know uh keep me updated about different things that are going on because I mean you texted me about some information earlier this week and I was like I had no idea about it yeah and you're like, yeah, yeah we post about it on center field and I was like no way dude <laughs> so, so um no I appreciate you I appreciate you know what you're doing uh for this school and and this school is better uh with you here and and w- with what you're doing uh, for Marist athletics. So we thank you for that, um, on behalf of everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wishing the best for you in the future, uh, in this industry, because I know how hard you work and how good of a guy you are. So I, I and how dedicated a, a sports fan you are as well, you know, despite uh, being a Bucks fan, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so, you know, it's, thank you again, uh, for coming on, uh, thank you for, you know, uh, sharing knowledge with me uh, whenever you can. And, um, I hope to talk to you soon, man.
1: Yeah, no, you as well. Thank you so much for the kind words. Thanks for thinking of me as well. Thanks for having me. And, okay. uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to, if we ever do this again, do it in person. Yeah. <laughs> That's our goal. That's our goal. Yeah, oh no, no, yes, yeah, I appreciate the kind words. Uh right back at you tenfold. So thank you so much, Terrence. I really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Awesome, man. Um, so uh thank you everyone for uh watching and listening. Uh this has been the Echoes Unlimited podcast. Uh, with Dave Connolly, I'm your host,
2: Terrence Eccles. Uh and thank you.